I am very gentle with my hair when I care for it. For example, I'll start combing or brushing on the tips and then I'll work up. I don't start here and then try to work through the tangles. So I'm very gentle with it. I sleep on a silk sham- uh, pillowcase. I rarely put it up in the same place every day with a, you know, a scrunchie. I have to alternate it. So I'm always doing a different hairstyle just so that I give the the pressure on the hair a little variety so it doesn't wow. start off. Well, hi, everybody. This is Diane Gilman, formerly the Queen of Jeans, but now the proud host of my podcast, Too Young to Be Old. Speaking of Too Young to Be Old, oh my God, do we have an incredible guest today, Roxanne Gould, second longest working model in the history of the biz. And this is for one of our new programs called Fashion Thursdays with Diane, and I can't think of anybody better to do it with than you, Roxanne. 63 years in the industry. So honestly, not joking, you started out at like the age of two or three as like a Gerber baby or something. How, how'd that happen? It was for, um, the year that Bear Aspirin for Children came out. <gasps> yes. My mother got the casting call and she could not find a babysitter. So she took me with her and the casting director really liked the way she and I interacted with each other. And we both got the commercial and my father scrambled to get me a Screen Actor Guild number membership. And that was the first job I have. And, you know, I think that's one of my first memories of in the studio. And maybe that's why I've always loved being in the studio. I felt so comfortable and safe there. You know, that's so interesting because... I was never, ever, ever comfortable getting my image taken. I never saw myself as even a pretty person. And um, I have to get new headshots taken, and they're going to get taken by a very famous photographer. I'm lucky and friendly with him. And it, and, and it is nothing but agina for me. It's like, oh, my God, I'm going to look too fat. I'm going to look too old. I'm not going to know how to stand right. I'm not going to wear the right clothes. I mean, it's like, blah, 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 blah. So if it comes naturally to you, you are very, very lucky and you were meant to do it. So Roxanne, I've got to ask you because it is so anti-youth obsessed fashion industry. When did you notice your hair was going gray? And when did you decide, okay, I want to go authentic or I want to take that leap? I mean, it's so fashionable now that we actually see 20-year-old models in New York bleaching out their hair and then repositioning it as your color, silver. So how did it happen for you? It's crazy what the young people do now because when we were... That was so taboo, and now it's so fashionable. So when I was younger, I noticed gray hair coming in my temples. And I was right at the peak of my modeling career, and of course, I was very nervous that my career would be over if I let the gray show. So I would pluck the gray out of my temples. Oh, ow! And then it got too much. The hair uh, was too, um, it showed too much. So I, I, I dyed it and I dyed it for 10 years. I dyed it all through my thirties to try to remain kind of young looking, but 
in the career, it was uh, an odd phase because I wasn't looked at as young anymore, but I really wasn't old. So it was hard for clients to know where to place me. And it was fine. I worked a lot for catalog and I had my regular clients. But then after 10 years, the condition of my hair was like straw and it couldn't hold color. And I thought, what am I doing wow. with all wow. this? this chemical on my head. And I just decided I have to forfeit my career for my health. And I <gasps> turned my head upside down and I chopped it off and I let it grow in. And when it was very short, like maybe two inches long, my bless her heart, my booker said, please just take some test shots. Let's just see what happens. And I thought I was wasting my time, but it actually catapulted me in this whole new trajectory in my in, in my in my modeling industry, in my career. And I started, I think, the gray-haired classic division because I really was one of the first models with gray hair, all natural. And I haven't dyed it since. I didn't even know there was a gray-haired classic division. But I see now, but what I see is not altogether positive. What I see are a lot of models that are very much everyday lifestyle models used for drug commercials, assuming that as we mature, we need to lean on a lot of drugs to correct our health. And then, and I'm sure you notice it because you're really in the profession, when it gets to be an ad for something, I don't know, like a, a vacation or buying a home in Florida and you see it on cable TV, it's always a gray-haired silver fox with a blonde as a wife who's about 25 years younger than him. When it could be you as a gorgeous silver-haired woman. But how, how have you seen attitudes? towards aging beauty change in your lifetime for what you have done? Attitudes change, well, towards aging? That's a really good question. It's very deep. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, like when I was younger, you know, there I was afraid that I was 27 and too old. And back then, the age of a model's career or the span was very short, and it was over by the time you were 25. Right. And yeah, I, for I, sure. Yeah. I have coached, um, I had a coaching business for models for 10 years, and I was for teenage girls. But then slowly their mothers started to see, wow, I see the effects, and maybe I can model because now there's a little bit more demand. And so women are starting to feel a little bit more secure that may, I'm still pretty. I still look good. I see myself a little bit more reflected in advertising for, like you say, the, the, what older people use, you know, marketers are very smart. They know that the demographic is the older woman who has the disposable money. So they market. Exactly. Right. And I think that's also one of the reasons the classic division has been uh, has survived so long. But I was around when it when it wasn't even existing. So in a way, we have embraced the older woman slowly but surely. I mean, these changes are slow, but it's still a very pertinent conversation to have because I think the majority of women are still scared of aging. And it's such a natural part of life. It's something to embrace and to learn from. And we know things now as an older, wiser woman that we would never know about when we were younger. And it is, it, they're priceless. You know, the wisdom and the patience. And 
and just embracing things that are a little bit more important than maybe a new wrinkle. I mean, I find that when I see myself in the mirror and I see more wrinkles, it's a reminder that my life is going by so fast that I really need to dedicate my time to things that are really important to me because I don't know how much longer I have. I mean, that might be a little morbid, but it is so true. And I don't spend time thinking about my wrinkles. It's it's and the truth is, and I agree with you because in your bio, you talk about how important beauty is from the inside out. And I think that if you are not happy and you are not, and I don't want to use the word contented because I always feel that's not actionable, but you've got to love your life. You've got to embrace where you're at. You've got to stop chasing your tail to be young again and recognize that all of us have, I believe, a responsibility to show the world that this part of our life can be absolutely fabulous, but it's not going to be your youth. The way childhood can never be equated to middle age, past the age of 55, its own territory. This is a territory that is basically, to me, kind of virgin. And you've got to figure it out for yourself. And then, you know, things will come along that are very beneficial. But right now, I feel like we're, I really feel like we're all pioneers, honestly. Exactly. We turn around and we offer a hand to the people behind us to lift them up. And that is so rewarding. It's so rewarding to spend our time doing that. Mm -hmm. I agree. Now, and when I was turning gray, I found that to be a very empowering step in the aging process when I decided, all right, that's enough of dyeing my hair because I saw the effect it had on other women. It made me feel more authentic to who I am. I didn't have to hide behind a hair color thinking, well, maybe I come across as 10 years younger. I don't want to come across as 10 years younger. <laughs> I don't yeah, want I am. Yeah, ageism is so rampant in this country, especially for women, that I want. I want to be who I am and have people say you are extraordinary for where you are in the moment. I don't try to go back and I only think forward because I'm someone who always wants to lay down stepping stones to get ahead. Um, I found very shockingly when I walked away from my career, 30 years on teleretail, 50 years in fashion, that I truly did have other skills and I was still with something new like podcasting or being a silver haired influencer. I was so excited again. I was like, Oh, I get to learn and I get to meet all these new people. And I get to talk about subjects that fascinate me and fascinate the audience and build a new audience. And, you know, I think that's one of the misnomers of aging, especially for females, is there is this classic view of you lead a life, you are a mother, you have children, then there's empty nest, and then what? Mm, Nothing. But, you know, my child was my talent, and when I gave up fashion, it was a little bit empty nesting, and the minute I found something else, which was maybe being a representative for my female generation, I was like, 
all in instantly. I just felt revigorated. And so as you have gone on in the years with modeling, what are jobs like for you now? Hmm. Well, I have become more selective. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right? Like we said earlier, yeah. our time is valuable. Time is of essence, yeah. So I choose the uh, caliber of client. I choose the location and, of course, the rate. It has to be something I really want to do for all those reasons. You know, I have to like every one of those topics. And um, how has it changed? It's, it's still advertising. And uh, I've always been blessed to work with the very best in the industry in incredible locations. So that's one of the reasons I keep doing it, because it's totally fun. You know, I'm like an app doesn't have to speak. I just show up and I I perform without a a script. And I find that fun. It it taps into my creative side. And every job is different, which I thrive on. But the industry is, is morphing. I think it reflects how women how society is. And anyway, that's a whole other topic. I, I, um, I find the, the, the industry, a wonderful place to, uh, support people and reflect uh, who we, who we can be. So let's talk about who we can be and let's talk about our hair. (laughs) Now for me, my hair was always an intrinsic part of my public persona. I hid behind my hair and my hair was always really big and really voluminous. I started to go gray in my mid twenties. So I was dyeing my hair forever. And then it got to the point where I was doing so many TV shows and I I wanted to get my hair taken care of in New York city, my city, Manhattan, um, not where the studio was. I was Getting my hair colored, Roxanne, every seven to nine days. I had white roots everywhere and dark auburn hair, which is very hard to control anyway. When you're dying over white, it can get kind of orange. And so at a certain point, I remember walking down a street in Manhattan and there was a woman in front of me who had longer hair like mine, died. And in the back was the beginning of a little bit of an old lady's bald spot, and it was all white. And I thought, this is the worst look ever. (laughs) And then I got breast cancer, uh, and uh, I had two choices. They did a thing called cold cap. And you could save your hair. You had to put this nitrogen freezing cap thing on. But I thought, what good is that going to do? Because my hair is going to start growing out white. And then I'm going to be half white or a quarter white, three quarters old, aged, red, because you didn't want to dye your hair, couldn't. And I thought, okay, all right, just cut it off, shave it off lose that hair and well pot luck how it grows back so it grew back very curly that's calmed down a little but it grew back white which is kind of um 
its own bold statement. Most of the women I know will say to me, oh, I just love your hair. Uh, but they're bleach blondes, right? Which is what you can do with white hair. You put in the blonde and you don't necessarily have any roots. And every time I say, well, you know, why don't you try it? Here's what they say. I'm not ready for that yet. Mm. So, oh, I've heard that so many times. I'm not you? ready. I don't know what my friends will say. My husband, my job. I'm just not. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to feel old because they think that gray hair is associated with old. And that's a stigma that society has been holding on to for generations. And we are here to prove that that is just not true. It, OK, we are older. But we are not uh, decrepit. We are not irrelevant. We are very relevant. We have a lot to contribute still in society. And it doesn't really matter what color our hair is. We are. You know, that is so true. And now that young girls want to get their hair that color. My hair is really white, white. Yours has some gray and it's really gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So now let's seriously get to the important things in life. To me. Taking care of white hair is completely different from taking care of colored hair. And where I always have a lot of volume with colored hair because every shaft is covered in dye, I find now much finer, um, much, much more challenging to get volume. I found some products that worked, but I got to tell you, Um, I had to pull together photographs for a magazine article that I'm in, that I'm being written about. And um, I went all the way back to five years ago, coming out of breast cancer, had hair about an inch and a half long, and thought, hmm, there's no white hair shampoo on the market, but Oribe made a purple shampoo. So I buy Oribe. And I thought, well, that's a nice shade of purple. You know what? I'll leave it in for about 20, 30 minutes like a conditioner. (laughs) And when I came out of the shower and I rinsed my hair, it was purple. Yeah, yeah. Now, be careful. It's so strong. <laughs> you poor thing. <laughs> you know, young girls will come up to me on the street and say, ma'am, I just want to tell you, you are so cool with purple hair. And I'm thinking to myself, you honestly don't believe this is intentional, do you? <laughs> <laughs> but what do you use? What do you use on your hair? You'll be shocked to hear what I use. What do you use on your hair to get the color, to have so much clarity? Um, I did this purple shampoo as well for a while, and I I didn't leave it on as long as you, but I did find that if I used it too often during the week, like three times, it was, it turned it, it uh, gave it a tinge. Yeah. (laughs) A kind of a blue tinge, and that's not the look I was after, so I really Uh kind of that. And then you know what you can do is is just the bottoms of your hair because the the 
The uh, bottom of the shaft of the hair is more open and it oxidizes more. So it collects more of, you know, the smoke in the atmosphere or the pollution oh. in the atmosphere. That's why it turns yellow. And if that's your case, just put the purple shampoo on the parts that are yellow and not up here where this, the skin, the hair shaft is still closed. And and that might eliminate uh, a purple or blue hair. Did you, did you find any shampoo that you felt? was really great for gray or white hair. Anything specific in the market. When you hear what I use. What do you use? These, what oh, you God, use. this is so funny. So I go to the John Barrett Salon on 57th Street. It used to be at Bergdorf's in Manhattan. These guys are total experts. You're not going to believe this. Because, like you, I'm in professional makeup a lot. I do two podcasts minimum a week, um, and on and on. Don dishwashing liquid. Oh no! Yes, yes. It cover it. It because I use oil-based makeup from Charlotte Tilbury. I need something with moisturized. Uh, moisturizing qualities in it, it gets into my hair shaft around the roots, and the only thing they ever found to take that away. So it's hilarious. You know, they have their own kitchen at the salon and make you lunch and stuff. And every time I come in, they they're running to the kitchen and praying that they've still got. They call it Dewan. <laughs> that the Dewan hair, yeah, I use dishwasher liquid. Well, I tell yeah. you, it shows you that sometimes the most simple products are the most effective. Sometimes it's true. And then I want to ask you: I do a trick, but um, it I can see that my hair is very different from yours in a way. I actually get white eyeshadow, and I tap it in all around the frame of my face and a little bit in on into the crown of my head to make the hair look more populated and fuller. You know, there's actually, um, I get a lot of products sent to me. And one of the products was exactly that. It was foundation for the scalp and it was a powder. And it had all these different shades for gray hair. And called me foundation i'm not sure but it's, it's exactly that and it's for the scalp to make your hair look like you say more populated yes and uh, that's that's a good trick mm-hmm. yeah because as my hair was growing back from um chemo um you know my scalp was really pink and i sort of looked like a rabbit growing out yeah. It's hair. And I thought, no. Now, I take a ton of vitamins. I take Nutrafol. I take an English brand called Lima, L-Y-M-A. Um, and those are all good for hair regeneration and skin. So do you take, do you have a very supportive diet or any kind of vitamin regime you can share with us how you stay so gorgeous? Thank you. I also tried Nutrafol. They asked me to be one of their brand ambassadors, and it really made my hair grow like nothing else. Yeah, 
crazy. And I love how each product is specific for you after you take a quiz to see what your needs are. So I highly recommend that. And, you know, my hair has like never been this long. So Nutrafol worked for me. You got There are different brands out there. I tried other brands that worked for some people, but they didn't work for me. So you have to be patient. I think it takes like about six months to see some results. And it can be worth it if you find the right one. You know, your oh, hair yeah. thicker, it'll be more healthy, but also, you know, diet, right? A healthy diet. And my diet is mostly plant-based diet. It always has Me been. Too. Oh, really? Yeah. It just oh, works yeah. with blood type and I get enough protein and, and that, that works for me. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but it has worked for me as well as a lot of exercise regular, not a lot at a time and then start and stop, but well, consistently through I my think life. it is um, just about respect for your body too. And knowing that your older body can't sometimes keep absorbing all that protein. But um, I gave up meat, and although I thought, oh, this is going to be impossible, once you're away from it for a little while, mm-hmm. you're all good. I go for, yeah, I go for a gentle form of vegetarianism and fall off the wagon every once in a while. But you know, I had to rebuild my whole inside out after the chemo was really heavy duty. And quite frankly, so was the radiation. I had no guarantees my hair was going to grow back at all. I had no idea it was going to grow back pure white. The color of it is is definitely a plus. But I will tell you that using Dawn dishwashing liquid actually keeps the whiteness. I can't even, now we use better shampoos than that along with it. But then the other thing I found, and I never use celebrity products. It's like, oh yeah, I don't want to know about it. But I saw my, one of my hairdressers is Amal Clooney's hairdresser when she's in New York. And they revealed a secret about WOW, W-O-W, hairsprays and setting lotions revolutionized my life. If I took a strand of hair and I sprayed it right now with WOW, it would stay out like this. It would defy gravity. And that is exactly what I need. Now, your hair is so gorgeous. Thank you. Do you use heat on it? Do you use curling iron? I just do one shampoo a week, and I really, really discourage my hairdresser from doing any kind of heat on it like curling irons. But your hair is so long and so silky. Just give me a little idea of what your process is. Okay, thanks for asking. I am very gentle with my hair when I care for it. For example, I'll start combing or brushing on the tips and then I'll work up. I don't start here and then try to work through the tangles. So I'm very gentle with it. I sleep on a silk uh, pillowcase. I rarely put it up in the same place every day with a, you know, a scrunchie. I have to alternate it. So I'm always doing a different hairstyle just so that I give the the pressure on the hair a little variety so it doesn't start off. Um, I 
I find that I need to wash it. I did go once a week. And then I think because of the condition of my skin, I needed to do it more because I was getting very, very dry. So I washed it. I think I washed it like two or three times a week. And I use very pure products. And Again, they they were sent to me, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the name. I get sent so many products for hair, but these are particularly pure. They're so pure, they're like they come like a bar of soap, and they're in brown uh, cardboard, so there's no plastic, and there's no, you know, it's zero. It's great sustainability, and that's what I really like to support. And the product is extremely pure, kind of like Dawn shampoo. But if I need to put in mousse, or I use a mousse, and I find that that gives my hair follicles a little bit more uh, substance to work with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I like um, I like a little bit of oil during the day to just, you know, tame the frizz, wherever that might pop up on, on the edges or on the tips. And because sometimes I'll get that broken hair and it just flies up and it looks kind of like funny antenna. So I like Olaplex for that. And then the the whole line of authentic beauty concept, which is vegan and very, very pure and effective. I really like them. You get it on Amazon. Uh, ABC, authentic beauty concept. Yeah, I've, I really would like to push them. I, I find that the, it's pure and it's it makes your hair a little bit more healthy. It protects it. Yeah. You know, somebody said to me the other day, um, oh, Diane. I love your hair the way it is now. Don't let it grow any longer. There is that concept with older women. I remember my mother getting into her 50s, and that was way back in the 1950s, and snip, snip, cut it off. I know that's what women were supposed to do. And, you know, I did a poll on my Instagram account just recently. Like, should women cut their hair? Does long hair make women look older? And I had hundreds of comments and almost 99 percent of them said, no way. If a woman is confident with her long hair, it'll look beautiful. Just because she's older doesn't mean it has to be shorter. They think that short hair looks old. (laughs) You know, I think short hair looks old and I don't understand that attitude about, oh, well, you've reached your limit. It can't be any longer. (laughs) Well, yeah, it can. And you know something? I feel like we are here to forge a whole new look, a whole new attitude towards beauty and what that means at every age. And if you had One, because you're so gorgeous and you've been gorgeous your whole life. If you had one rule of thumb to give women about aging, because you obviously are a a person who really glows from the inside out and is very, very happy, which is great. Spreading joy is like my number one goal in life. What would be your piece of advice to women who maybe don't lead the life that you and I live, Roxanne, where we understand professional makeup and professional photography, hairdos, and what what would you say to women who, and I would think this would be about 99.9% of all women past the age of 50, who are struggling with getting older because you can't keep retaining a truthful, truthful, youthful look. You've got to get into your own groove and it's so undiscovered. What would you say? What would be your best advice? 
you know, that's a really good question. It makes me think of so many, so many <laughs> answers that I could give. No. For the sake of this podcast, and because we're focusing on gray hair, I would answer that question with this one singular thought that might be easy for people to remember and, you know, dwell upon that might help them is I had many people say to me, oh, I would let my hair grow in if it was your color. And I would tell them that nature knows the color that's best for you. So what's right for me, you know, there's so many varieties of gray hair, really. Nature knows the best for you, for your skin type, for your eye color, for your lip shade. And it really enhances your eye color and your lip shade naturally because it's the right gray for you. And the other thing I think too, and I know this is totally crazy, but I had to go into the world of wigs while I was doing chemotherapy. There are on TikTok a million wigs in shades of gray that are not expensive at all, like $20 for a wig. If you really want to experiment and you're just not sure is au naturel good for you buy a couple of wigs get them home try them on see how they work with your wardrobe and say i think i could do this or i'm not ready yet which is what I hear all the time. I hear that oh all But you get to get a new wardrobe. You get to change up your makeup so that I you're- I love that. Yeah, correct, I love right? that. You know that was I mean. super fun. I yeah. would have never worn pink ever in my life if I, if I didn't go for and gray it white. Right now, it's very pretty on you and it's Thank fun. You. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I took redoing my whole image post-cancer, pre-cancer to Mm post-cancer as an adventure, Mm -hmm. as a much more lighthearted adventure than the rest of the adventure I was going through. But you know what? Aging can be fabulous. And you look phenomenal. Congratulations on a big birthday and turning 65. And I'm going to nominate you as definitely someone who will always be too young to be old. (laughs) Thank you. And like I like to say, aging is just another word for living. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. I might have to steal that. (laughs) Thank you, girlfriend. You did it. (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much Roxanne this was really fun Roxanne Gould everybody fantastic thank you beautiful model thank you so much Diane pleasure to be here thank you so much for listening to Too Young to Be Old podcast the episode may be over but the fun doesn't have to stop here find us on Facebook Instagram TikTok and YouTube at the Diane Gilman or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a review and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young to be old.